You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engine! The following is a paid program. Warning. The views expressed come from men who've spent half their lives in grease-stained overalls, inhaling hazardous fluids. Before taking any advice, consider the source. This program will contain humor of a questionable nature. A mechanic tries to fix your car. No matter if you're near or far. He'll change your oil or fix your flat. And he'll do it just like that. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al. What a great day. Anytime you wake up, it's a good day. And today we have, uh, you know, the adage where there's never a cop around when you need one. Well, today we got one. And if you want to talk to Kerry Schmidt from the OPP, he's going to be with us for the entire hour. Good morning. How I'm are here. you? Uh, absolutely fantastic. It's great. It's a beautiful day. And, uh, yeah, lots to talk about. Right. Tremendous amount of stuff that we were, you know, I, I follow him on Twitter. This guy never sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, I'll tell you, last night was a crazy night as well. We had all sorts of things going on. Yeah. Uh, people right now fighting for their lives in different crashes. And we had yeah. officers getting hit. So there's a lot of things that, that we can talk about. So we're going to be talking about that. If you want to join the conversation, please call in. Uh, we're going to also be talking with Terry O'Keefe from Omvic, and we're going to be talking about all these flood cars that are expected in the Canadian marketplace from all these storms. So that means they'll be flooding into our market. Flooding in is not is is the right (laughs) word. (laughs) So uh, there's all those cars from Texas. Apparently there's 500,000 cars affected right now from the floods, and most of those will end up in different states, but a lot of them will make their way up to Canada. I'm told a lot are going to Mexico. That's possible, too, where they don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want it. All right, we're going to be talking. uh, I should mention that we have a contest going on right now from Salem Tires. It's a set of four 50-yard line tickets for the Bomber-Argos game in October. So all you have to do is go to Dave's Corner Garage. we got a brand-new website. Cost us an absolute fortune because this this show has no expenses bared. That's the way we think. <laughs> you know, I was kind of worried, Dave, just before we take the break, that, that I, I didn't want to do the yeehaw and the tire squealing thing because... You know, you can get a ticket for that. Oh, yeah. And That's the guy's driving. Right That's beside driving. me. I'm you know? ready to impound your license and to suspend your vehicle. Or... <laughs> yeah. Make it too much noise. Pull over. Hands on the fender. I'll Where's your you. exhaust? I'll tell you a quick story when we you get back. You call that a friggin' muffler? <laughs> Before we get serious, we're going to be... Uh, we'll be having a little fun here. So anyways, welcome to Dave's Corner Garage. Give us um, a call right now. Yep. And uh, we'll be back after these messages. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Alrighty, welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. The garage door is wide open, and our guest today is Carrie Schmidt from the OPP. Carrie, there's a lack of respect on the road. 
You know, everybody's pushing. Uh, yeah. Guys are on the phone. They're texting. They're doing all that stuff. And you were telling us that 31 motorcyclists have died already in this sort of environment? 33. We'll go with 33. 33. And that number is probably going to climb between now and the end of riding season. The weather is beautiful right now. I saw so many motorcycles uh, already today just coming into the studio. And uh, when we look at these crashes... As a motorcyclist, you are so vulnerable in a collision. If you go down, I don't care if you're wearing a full face helmet and full leathers up uh, top to bottom. Right. Uh, that might take the, the the road rash off, but if you're involved in a wreck, you're you're the one taking the brunt of it. And if you're at fault or not at fault, it doesn't matter. You're the one who's going to the hospital. Now, I'm going down to 401. We're coming back from an event. Uh, it's 11 o'clock at night, and maybe 60 motorcycles are passing us. Yeah. And I'm doing 120, and these guys are doing, you know, well into the 180s. Well, th- there's all different types of uh, yeah. groups of riders, uh, and we know that in cars and, and motorcycles, and a lot of guys are out there showing off and pushing the limit and doing wheelies, doing stunts, and, and we had a huge issue with that uh, about a month ago where they were shutting down the gardener, they are shutting yeah. down portions yeah. of the highway. A huge concern because you think about what happens behind that traffic. It's, they don't expect traffic to be stopped, and the, the reason it stopped is because a bunch of guys decided they want to hijack the highway for their own little smoke show demo to yeah, show yeah. their their ability to uh, cause chaos. It's unbelievably dangerous, and that could cause uh, huge issues. Getting back to the accidents, uh, you said there's 30 people, uh, 30 motorcyclists who had serious injury, but 20, 20 of those, 30, were people where it wasn't their fault. I yeah. mean, most people are probably thinking, like you're talking about, you know, the motorcyclists you know, cutting between cars yeah. and doing kind of stupid crap. But this wasn't it. Yeah, lane splitting, aggressive driving, and doing 20, wheelies. So 19 of them. Two-thirds of the drivers were just driving down the street minding their own business. And I can tell you very personally, a friend of mine who was involved in a, in a collision last week, not, not in Ontario, outside in my home province of Manitoba, he was driving with his wife going down a highway, and a car came in from a side road, wiped them both out, and now we have uh, three kids without parents. And it's absolutely devastating. Uh, 19 of those 33 were driving properly in the investigations that we we, uh, were called to, and... It shouldn't happen. It should not be be happening. People are not looking for these little motorcycles. They they may think they're looking for uh, cars and lights, but you see a motorcycle in the distance, and you may think it's a car or a transport truck way off in the distance, but yet it's a, a motorcycle just a couple hundred meters away from you. You don't realize how fast you're closing on it, and most of these collisions are happening because cars are coming out of private drives, coming out of intersections, making a left turn right in front of a car, in front of a motorcycle, and giving this the rider nowhere to go. Is some of this inattentive? They're on their phones? Or, or sure it is. That's that's the growing thing, right? Well, phones, but inattentive can be so many other things. That we had a we had a car crash this morning where driver was coming up to a big collision scene with OPP and and police all over the place, lights flashing, and he's so in, in engrossed in looking at the lights, he's not looking at the fact that there's a stop police car right in front of him. He slammed right into the back of it. So, uh, it, it, inattention ha- has so many different. Uh, ways of manifesting itself. So it's not just the phones, but just distractions inside or outside the vehicle. Well, they do say that even with a hands-free device in people's cars, you yep. know, when you're thinking about that conversation that you're having oh. with people, you're not paying attention to the road. You get engrossed in your mind, and you may look down the road to avoid any hazards, uh, maybe, but how many times have you been in these conversations, and you miss your turn. You don't even know where you are. You yeah. don't, you don't yeah. realize how many exits you've gone by because you've been totally uh, invested in this conversation, yeah. and your mind is not on the road Exactly. Of 50% of your brain is elsewhere. Oh, absolutely, or more. Oh. <laughs> well, the other side of that coin is I drive a lot downtown. Uh, folks running with their earphones on sure. and their iPhone in their hand, 
and they just walk anywhere. They don't don't pay attention. The phone zombies. Yeah, well, pedest- <laughs> phone, zombies? phone zombies. Pedestrians and cyclists. Now, there's no explicit law that says you can't hold a handheld device while riding a bicycle. Yeah. The, the legislation is talking about motor vehicles. But you think about a bicyclist yes. who's looking on his phone. He hits a little uh, a, a pothole or a manhole cover. Uh, he's going he's going down. Yeah, and and it's so simple to avoid. You know, it's funny because around the university, I found they really pay attention. They stop when they're supposed to stop, and they wait for the lights. And they mm-hmm. go. But outside that area, like you go Bloor Street North. It's like a war zone. They, they end up on the sidewalk. I even see them driving the subway. Well, you know, you have these inattentive, distracted riders, pedestrians, yeah. and folks, and then you have the aggressive ones on the other side. So now you have guys that aren't paying attention, guys that are in such a hurry, they're weaving through traffic and, and splitting through lanes, and then you have cars doing the exact same thing, yeah. and then you got 5,000 pounds of glass and steel and rubber and metal that, that are hurtling down the highways, and you're just hoping and praying that they're going to stop for that red light. And how many times have you seen cars uh, blowing these lights in yeah, front of you? Because, you know what, they didn't realize what red light. Well, maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Speaking of attentiveness, uh, there's been new legislation in terms of emergency vehicles, right? Yeah. And and as a driver now, I have to look out for more than just police cars, right? Well, do you know what? Let me say, it's not new legislation. This has been out for 15 years already. Okay, you reminded like, us then. Sorry. <laughs> but, but, yeah, we're, we do these campaigns all the time. Uh-huh. And it, every year we do a campaign on it and slow down and move over. But you're right. Two years ago, it expanded to include tow trucks. Right. And I, have you ever been broken down on the side of the road at night? It's, it's dangerous, it's deadly, scary and it's stuff. scary stuff. You have no idea what yeah. what's coming behind you. And I've been on the side of the roads, and all of a sudden you hear a car hitting the rumble strips, and boy, that gets your attention. And sometimes there are no rumble strips, and we've had officers get killed, we've had tow operators get killed, emergency workers get you killed. You know, they should take people that are trying to get their driver's license out to the side of the road, like in a fenced area, yep. and just watch those cars go by. Oh, boy. And, you know, like 120 Ks doesn't seem fast when you're in the car, but every one of those lines is 10 feet long. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, they're just sort of passing you by. Yeah. Yo, dude, as I was talking about uh, attentiveness. Yes, time you, to go. We got to go. Do you not hear the music in the background? Pay attention. See, you've just proven the fact that when you're talking to somebody else, you're not paying attention to All the right. road, or All in this right. case, the show. Right. Uh, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We've got some car care questions on the line. We're going to be taking your calls right after this break. Hey, welcome back. It's Dave's Corner Garage. You know, I live. I have a condo in Florida. Absolute no damage, thank the Lord. Oh, wow. Right? But we yeah. have what's called a citizen's patrol. They go around and watch the houses. Sure. And check so this fellow told me he got pulled over by the citizen's patrol, the lights flashing, and he doesn't know what he did wrong. So the door opens from the from the car, and the walker comes out, and he, <laughs> he walks up to this guy's car, and he knocks on the window, and he rolls the window down. He says, sir, good afternoon. He goes, Hi. He says, you know why I pulled you over? He goes, no. He says, I can't remember either. <laughs> <laughs> you have any idea where I can buy, have any idea where I can buy prunes at this <laughs> hour? <laughs> well, have a great day. We'll see you oh, later. Oh, <laughs> man, that's awesome. Let's go to the phones, and we're going to talk to... We've uh, got uh, Robert yeah. on line one. He's driving a Toyota Corolla. Robert, what can we do for you? Good morning, uh, Dave. Um, Good I got morning. a 2017 SE Corolla. Uh-huh. Uh, after five days, I noticed uh, some pains, uh, uh, problem, uh, pain problem on the on the hood. Yeah. On it there. Mm-hmm. Took it to them and they said, "Oh, uh, we have to rebuff it and um, touch it up a bit." After two days, they kept it. They repainted the front, the top, and the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This car has less than 200 kilometers. Okay. 
do I have the right to return this car? Mm, that's an interesting question. I don't think so. I think off the top of our head, no. I mean, unless, for example, it was actually in an accident yeah. in which they have to declare. Uh, but there is an uh, organization. You're going to have to call CAMVAP, okay, Canadian Motor Vehicle Arbitration Board. Uh-huh. You can find them on the Internet, and they will have rules and regulations in regards to, you know, what what makes it uh, what deems it possible for the dealership to take okay. it back? The question we should ask: Does the paint match? Can you tell that it's been painted? Yeah, it's a good paint job, but the point is, it's not a factory paint. Um, well, if it's authorized by Toyota, it would be uh, of same quality and like. And it's going to be under warranty still. Yeah, right. Yeah. So here's the situation: me, It doesn't you really. Apply, you cannot apply the paint protection for one month. Well, no, you would that, but that's 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 understandable because you don't want to add a chemical or, or anything to the paint. You want to let oh. it cure properly. Yes. There's no no reason why that's you have the to flash wait. off. Yeah, yeah, right. but but in, in terms of driving, if there's a paint chip, if a, a stone hit the car and damage the paint, uh, you know, the paint protection is sometimes protected. But for this one month period, uh, I'll be liable. Yeah. Well, you know what? First off, it's because it's a new car, and you've got you know you, you have feelings for it. <laughs> in a couple yeah. of years, you're not going to really care. And it doesn't affect the value of the car at all, all right, because it's not in the collision, so it's not branded, it's not salvaged, it's not anything like that. So I would not be concerned. And if you really are that concerned, I'd go back to the dealer and, and make a deal there. Because when you go to CAMVAP, that's, that's a completely different story. You have to have gone back to the dealer seven times to resolve your issue. Well, exactly. And in this case here, he had an issue. They, they, they fixed it. Yeah. Um, if you're not happy with the repair, you know, talk to the dealer principal. Yeah. Maybe he can help you out there. That's exactly right. We've done that. You know, we had guys that... Uh, they didn't like the car after a couple of days, so mm-hmm. we would just take it back and sell them another one, and that became a used car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Robert, we got to run. Good luck and have okay. yourself a great weekend. Take care, Robert. Yeah. All right, we're going to go to Christina next, who's got an old Honda, um, and she she can't make up her mind. You're betwixt and between. What can we do for you? Yeah, hi. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I just need uh, your expertise. There was this lie last week. There was this out, out in the blue in a split second. There is that light, red light, but looks like exclamatory. Yeah. Yeah. Point. Yeah. So uh, twice the following day when I went out again and again, it's just like split second. Uh huh. So I called Honda and so I went there. They said they're go- going to reset because it's for maintenance thing. And then when I went there and then he said right away, oh you're uh, oil is dry, you know, the cap looking thing. And so they check it and they found out that there's a leak of my oil. And also he drove me a car and, you know, where the gas tank is. He told me this is gas tank. And then there is that uh, kind of hoses that he drove. The filler. Mm-hmm. The filler. rusted yeah. and like that. So I said, how much would it be if I have it fixed? And he said 2500 mm-hmm. And we are told if... You pay the smarts, you might as well uh, buy a new car. This car is uh, 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 16 years old. Yes. Uh, what's this? And it's really been maintained for all these years. Uh-huh. Uh, what's this? Um, what's the mileage on it now? 487, 400 is the kilometers. 487? Uh, 87. Oh, <laughs> no. only 87. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like especially I'm retired now, so the more right, right. You know, and then uh, what's this? So I don't know if it will, it could be salvage, or I will have it. Well, Christina, you're right. We and and unfortunately, Christina. Yes. See, on the radio, it's hard for us to determine the condition of your car. 
And and as you're saying, it only has eighty seven thousand kilometers. Yeah. Um, I, we've seen these cars go two or three hundred thousand kilometers, but we don't know what the condition is. And and what we're suggesting is is you should take it in and get another opinion. Okay. Go to an independent garage. If you want to come up to my shop, Glen Allen Motors, you're welcome to. Um, and we'll have a look at it quickly and establish what kind of shape it's in. Now, for example, if, if Rust is winning the, the, the contest here and there's not a whole lot left underneath, then who knows, I may suggest the same thing. Because some vehicles, once they rust too badly underneath, they're not fixable anymore. But at the same time, if the body is somewhat you know, good and there's only a few mechanical issues, and then maybe it's $1,000, $2,000, the car's going to last you three or four more years, then why wouldn't you do the work? But we do have to take a, do an evaluation. Dave calls it an automobile audit. An audit, yeah. Exactly. So check it out, and like I say, get a second opinion before you make any rash decisions. And make sure the vehicle is safe. Yeah, exactly. It may, it may be ugly. It, rust isn't a, isn't a, isn't a crime or a, or a violation, but uh, there may be other, vehicle, other parts of the vehicle that are breaking down that may make the vehicle unsafe. You may have holes in the floor that are causing exhaust to come into mm-hmm. your cabin. Uh, there's other things that uh, are putting yourself at risk. So be careful out there if you're uh, driving something are up. Are you more likely? You pull over a rotten-looking car than a Well, we <laughs> might take a look at it, absolutely. Yeah. We've done that in the past, and, and the plates might come off, and all of a sudden you have to, have to go back for a new safety, and you may not pass a new safety. So yeah. that's something that uh, go get a, a, an expert opinion because you don't want to be driving something that's putting yourself at risk. So uh, make yeah. sure you have a vehicle that's, that's safe. Yeah, Schmidt, you got grease on your fingernails, oh, sir, or yeah, what? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I've been inspecting <laughs> these vehicles, taking plates off of cars. <laughs> yeah, people don't realize if a frame is rusty and you're involved in an accident, there's yeah. no strength there. A 16-year-old vehicle uh, is great back in its day, but look at the vehicles. The newer vehicles now have so many more safety features. Yeah. If you want to be safe on the road with all the airbags and ABS and, and, tra- and traction and collision avoidance, you may want to spend a little extra money and get something that's going yeah. to keep you keep you alive. Big shot. That's a guy who's working for a living, eh? <laughs> this, this poor lady, she's retired, okay? Well, she's on a fixed income. So, no, you're absolutely right. But, you know, I, I even talk to people that uh, have kids that want, they want to buy their first car, and they want to buy an old junker. Well, no, buy as best a car you can with the newest technology yes. so, that, so that if they are involved in a wreck, they have a much chance to... A better chance of surviving. Okay. All right. We got to run. Thanks for calling in. We got a couple lines open. So you were, if you have a question, you're welcome to give us a call. And remember, we've got the police here. If you want, we've to got the cops yeah, here. The cops and, are in uh, town. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to ask him a question. I got a couple of interesting questions myself that okay. I jotted down. And Kerry uh, Schmidt, thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll be right back. All right, Dave's Corner Garage. We were talking to a gal the other just a few minutes ago about going to a dealership. Uh, J.D. Power came out with the fact that independent garages are rated higher than dealerships as far as service satisfaction is concerned. You know, I think a lot of that is perhaps just because of the physical size, eh? Maybe. Um, You know, when you're dealing at a big dealership, there's so many different levels. There's such huge overhead. Um, And the staff is is, is all over the place as well. You've got so many different people. When, When you're dealing with an independent garage for the most part, you are probably talking to the actual owner of the shop, He's the guy behind the bench, yep. you know. So when you walk in, he's striving. He, he's got so much on the line personally in terms of making you happy and having his business succeed, right? Yep, exactly. As opposed to, you know, a, a dealer principal who's sitting up in a golden office three stories above. Yep. Just hoping <laughs> that his staff well, is I doing a job. Well, you, you know? get to talk to the guy who's actually touching your car and yeah. going through it instead well, exactly. of reading a report from it's someone else. Exactly. Remember, broken telephone, eh? Yep. 
Um, yeah, you're able to go out for a road test with the guy to say, you hear that noise? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So, yeah, that, that's where it's, it's the correct. smaller shop is much more in so, line. For years now, I think it's the fifth year that J.D. Power has found that independent shops. Power to the garage. Yeah. Power to right. the independent. I like that stuff. Like go. That stuff. <laughs> so we're going to talk later about... Uh, flood cars and stuff like that. Do you get involved in frauds and and? Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. The stolen vehicles uh, and, and abuse of vehicles that are coming across improperly that aren't being uh, registered or they're not being safety properly as well. So you know, you get some garages that may not be uh, abiding by the rules of the road and by the regulations of safety inspections. And I know the uh, rules regarding safeties changed recently, yes. and they're far more strict uh, as to what can be allowed and what's not allowed. And sometimes you may think that uh, the garage is taking advantage of you, but uh, the rules have changed. It's not like they were in the past. And you can probably speak to it even more so. I just unfortunately kiboshed uh, a deal um, where a fellow wanted to buy a used car for his son. Yeah. And uh, he finds one, but the airbag light's on. Oh, really? Yeah. And well, it a, means it doesn't pass anymore. That's a deal breaker. You know, and it turned out it was going to cost 500 bucks. It was a Honda seatbelt, very common. Um, causing that issue, Forget, forgetting all the rest of the mechanical problems on the car, you know, brakes, tires, things like that. With that airbag light on, that car does not pass a safety certificate yep. anymore. So right away, the $2,000 car was going to be 2500 bucks <laughs> before we even look at tires and brakes, wow. you know. Yeah. So the guy walked away from it. Yeah. But if that light is on and the airbags don't deploy when you expect them to go on, you know, you think about the uh, the civil liability on that as well, and you want to have that assurance. Like just like this lady from before that has a sixteen year old car, it may not have the uh, crumple zone uh, crash protection to the state of technology that we have these days. Uh, collision avoidance. There's so much technology out there. So if you're buying a vehicle, you know, from my perspective, buy as nice a vehicle as you can with the latest features as, to, as opposed to getting the old big land yacht that you think is indestructible, but it's not yeah. nearly as safe. There's actually a thing on YouTube where they bang a 59 Chevy yeah. uh, Impala into, a, I think it was an, an 09 or 010 Malibu, and the guy in the Malibu is apparently going to scratch knee, and the guy in the Impala is DOA. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, so uh, just that's amazing. You know, people always thought that I got that big piece of metal underneath me, but that's not the way it works. Yeah, not not the way they designed to crumple and crush and absorb energy because that occupant compartment, that safety cage where you're sitting in, that's the most important place to keep uh, rigid. And the old vehicles didn't do that. All that energy went right through into the yeah, occupant compartment right, with the pointed steering wheel. Uh, that's how Sammy Davis Jr. lost his eye. He had an old Starfire, and they had a point in the steering wheel, and he had a head-on collision that went into his head. Really? Yeah, wow. that's how he lost his eye. Uh, we have a question for Kerry. Uh, uh, the phone. Kerry's on the phone from London. Gary, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Great. Great. I just had a, a question for the officer. It's kind of funny because yesterday we were just talking about uh, a solid white line. What are the rules for it? Now, I had always been taught that it was um, you're not allowed to pass. Yeah. And yet a uh, friend of mine said, no, it's just a suggestion. Well, solid lo- white lines like separating oncoming traffic, like the yellow lines in the middle or the fog line on the side? Uh, no, it's a solid white line. Yeah, uh, let's th- say. Um, that's separating uh, eastbound from westbound. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the lanes on the on the highways, there's no specific law that says you can't pass. So sometimes you'll see a dotted line that says that you, it's safe to pass, and sometimes it'll be a solid line. And sometimes they just keep a solid line all the way through. There is no specific legislation that tells you you cannot cross uh, a solid white line to pass a vehicle. Now, if you're driving now onto the shoulder or onto a non-traveled portion of the highway, you could be charged with uh, failing to drive in a marked lane or failing or passing on the shoulder. But... Uh, 
those those reasons those lines are solid is to is for your safety because you may be coming up to a curve or a crest in the uh, in a hill and you can't see down the road and there may be traffic coming up in front of you without uh, without warning so uh, take take uh, caution if you are going to cross into oncoming lanes when you break that solid white line there's no offense for doing that except uh, if you're making u-turns and turns or crossing it at uh, at blind curves but um, but there's nothing explicit that says you can't uh, pass a vehicle when it says uh, no passing because oh, of a, a solid okay. white and line. A solid yellow line means you cannot. Well, no, right? no, no. That does, that's the same thing. S- solid white or solid yellow. If it's solid, you know that's a, that's a suggestion. But th- I'm not going to give you a ticket for crossing a solid yellow line in a no passing zone mm-hmm. because that's no. There's no law unless you're right at a railway crossing, right at a hill within 100 meters, and it's unsafe to do so. Okay, but great. Uh, but uh, that is that is the rule. But still. Uh, Common sense and caution when you're doing that. Okay, I'm going to hate to have to tell him he was right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like being married. <laughs> All right, thanks for calling. Have a great weekend. Drive Thank safe. Thank you very much, guys. All right, bye-bye. All right, if you hear that music, that means we've got to take a quick break. We come back. Terry O'Keefe from Omvik is going to come on the show, and we're talking about flat cars and what to do if you end up owning one, which is serious stuff. Because then you'll yeah. be underwater. <laughs> <laughs> this or is Dave's Garage. In the ditch. <laughs> we'll be right back. All right, Dave, we're hey. back. We're back. Okay, we have Terry O'Keefe with us from Ambic. Uh Terry, uh, you finished your holidays? You're back at work? Uh, not until Monday. Oh. I'm sitting here looking at the, at the, the waves and the sun dappling on Georgian Bay. Still, am, still having a great time. So well, I'll thanks send for you... giving up your holiday time. Yeah, I'm going to send him an authorization for, time, for double time. <laughs> yeah, well, this, this is an important topic and very timely. So. Yeah. Let's talk. The hurric- two hurricanes in the southern states, uh, RV and uh, it, what was the name? Irma? Irma, Irma, Irma. I was thinking Adrian. <laughs> I, I was thinking of an old girlfriend. <laughs> and I was going to say, no. And it wasn't Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently almost a million cars are involved in flooding, and, and serious flooding, like way over the roof. And and apparently these cars always show up up north here. They get they get washed, the titles, pun on the word washed, and um, yeah. they end up coming up into the North American market. Yeah, we've been actually talking to the U.S. authorities about this, and uh, we know just from Hurricane Harvey alone, there's a million vehicle uh, wow. insurance claims wow. expected, and over half of that are expected to have uh, to do with flooding. So just in Texas, you're looking at over half a million flood cars. Wow. And, uh, you know, some of these cars are going to be uh, treated appropriately. They'll go through the insurance process. They'll get, uh, you know, uh, branded. Uh, but the branding in the United States is so different from ha- what we have up here. You know, here if a vehicle was actually flooded, that vehicle would be irreparable. Uh, The Ontario Ministry of Transport would brand it irreparable, meaning it can never go on the road again. But down there, a salvage car could be fixed. And then, of course, you've got the other issue where there's going to be people who didn't have insurance. Right. And so that's not going to get branded. Some of those cars are going to get, you know, uh, dried out, cleaned up, and then sold off. And you're absolutely right. The U.S. authorities have already told us many of these vehicles are going to get exported, and some of them will definitely be coming our way. There was a YouTube video I saw where the flood car came in, and within three hours, you couldn't tell it was wet. That's how good they are. They just cleaned you mean it good all at up. cleaning them up, you mean? Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. But the problems really come up a year later or two years later when all the wiring's turned green or the, the computers well, have molded yeah, them. That's exactly it. That's exactly the problem. These cars, they can clean them up and dry them out, and you can't tell in many instances. But 
the problems, as you said, show up months or years later. And because the water gets into uh, sensitive safety and electronic components, and water's insidious, it gets in there and it corrodes. And the last thing you want to find out is you get into a collision and your airbags don't deploy, yeah. or you're driving along the 401 in between two tractor trailers and your engine shuts off, or your electronic steering quits. And that's why these vehicles are dangerous, and you want to make sure you don't buy one. So how does somebody protect themselves? I mean, the dealer is supposed to do diligence, but if there's no record, what happens when something like this happens? Well, there's a couple of things. First, if you're buying from a, a dealer here in Ontario, the law is very explicit. The dealer has to disclose that that vehicle was, came from another jurisdiction and where. So they would actually have to tell you, this vehicle was previously registered in Texas. Mm-hmm. Me, personally, I'm going to take a pass on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to tell you if the vehicle has ever been involved in a flood because the the, the Highway Traffic Act, the uh, brands of vehicle, the flood is to the bottom of the dashboard. But for Ombix purposes, it's to the interior floorboards. Yeah. So they would have to disclose that. So buying from a dealer, hopefully you're not going to encounter these problems because you're going to get disclosure. Where consumers are going to have to be really careful is buying privately, mm-hmm. or if they think they want to go south of the border, uh, go to some auction down there and try to find a good buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not going to be worth that deal. And if it comes up here and we inspect it, there could be issues with its safety components as well. If uh, if w- once we're crawling underneath, it may look great from the outside. The the paint may look great, and the upholstery may be all detailed. But uh, you take a look underneath, and all of a sudden you see uh, broken, rusted, and, and damaged pieces. That's uh, that's yeah. going to be an automatic safety issue that we're going to pull the plates on. So the real yeah, rule here is absolutely right, Terry. The real rule here is you have to buy it from a dealer so you get protection from your Omvic. You buy it privately, you're on your own. And, and educate yourself. If you're going to buy privately, the National Insurance Crime Bureau down in the U.S. has a free database you can check there. Whoa. Make sure you buy a history report from uh, Carfax or CarProof. Yeah. Uh, look under the carpeting for water residue, rust or stains. Has this thing, the whole car, recently been shampooed? If it came from out of province, that could be a problem. Uh, check the sound system. Make sure you crank those uh, speakers up because a lot of speakers are made of paper. If it got flooded, they're going to sound like crap. Uh, you know, and inspect all the crevices. Look behind the starter. Look in the trunk under the spare tire. Is there mud, dried mud under there? These are all telltale signs you could be dealing with a flood vehicle. Terry. All right, Terry, thanks for joining us, especially on your holiday weekend. We do appreciate that. A pleasure, guys. All right, and uh, great warning signs. Great yeah. information yeah. from and Terry. And Terry, the fishing rod goes in the right hand. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy yourself, and there you thank you. The answer here is buy in haste and repent in leisure. Exactly. <laughs> buy, buy from a licensed dealer to protect yourself. Yeah, there you exactly. go. Yeah, no kidding. And it's onvic.ca if you want more information on this kind of stuff. Uh, when we come back, we've got the phone lines are full, and we've got some questions for Carrie. We'll be right back. All right. Alrighty, fascinating stuff. You know, if, you, if the floor is going squish, squish. <laughs> Gee, Mom, I get out of the car and my feet are wet. I can't understand this. Why does this car smell like tuna? <laughs> Catfish. This is the southern states. A tuna ain't going to help. You know what I mean? <laughs>
All righty. Uh, we've got a question about dogs in cars from Mike in I Hollywood. Hope, Mike, I hope they're not driving them. Good, Mike, yeah. good morning. Many dogs I see are better drivers than many people. Well, you're probably <laughs> right. Uh, my question, I guess, for the, uh, the uh, police officer is, um, you know, in, in our community here, everybody's dog crazy. Uh, there shouldn't be, I guess my point is, there shouldn't be a loose animal in the front seat. You have a, a buckle in the back. You could fasten the dog to that. Mm-hmm. I've seen people driving with the dog on their lap, the yep. window is open, and this and that. If if there's an animal, a loose an- well, if there's a dog in the front seat of a car, that person should be charged. It's a danger to yeah. the public. So the dog is jumping on the owner's lap and back and forth, and the windows are open. Do you think there was some sort of pool party going on? In <laughs> well, you see that all the time, and a little lap dog sitting on your lap, and sometimes you get big dogs sitting right there on your lap as well. The, the highway traffic stocks specifically about crowding, not specifically about dogs, but uh, no person shall drive a motor vehicle or, uh, with persons or property, and I guess your dog is going to be property, in the front, or driver's seat so placed as to interfere with proper operation or management of the of the vehicle. Well, then, uh, so you don't hear anything about that. Are people liable for that? Absolutely, they're liable for that. If they're if they can't uh, operate their vehicle properly, it's gonna it's gonna come back on them. Officer can charge them with uh, crowding uh, the driver, or if they're involved in a collision, obviously that's gonna be a huge liability as well. There there is nothing specifically about having to have dogs or property restrained. So it's even your groceries. You have a watermelon in the back seat, and even if your dog is in the back seat, if you get into a crash, that that dog or, or item is gonna get launched or gonna get projected well, my forward. Point is, never mind. Watermelons don't walk. Dogs <laughs> do. Well, uh, I, <laughs> if you have a watermelon right? uh, smashing you in the back of your head uh, i i would i would actually beg to differ but, but that's uh, a seasonal any, issue anything with size you know put some potting soil a bag of groceries your uh, a backpack a laptop anything in the back seat it's going to come shooting forward so kids and and passengers need to be seat belted but anything in your vehicle that's not restrained is going to become a projectile in a crash and just watch any dash cam or any uh crash testing and you'll see what happens when a when a when unrestrained o- uh, objects in the vehicle get flying around and that causes huge issues. Mike, thank you so much for that. By the way, you're talking about cameras. You see more and more of these cameras on the windshield of private yeah, cars. Yeah, dash cams are yeah. fantastic. Is that something you would be recommending? Do you know, absolutely. We uh, we get people's dash cams all the time. If they're involved in a collision yeah. and they're not at fault, they are going to be the first ones to offer up, listen, I've got dash cam to show you, and uh, sometimes we'll, uh, we'll use it. Well, we will absolutely use it for our investigation. You know, if it, if it incriminates them, they may not be as willing to cough it up. Absolutely. But uh, in some investigations, and we know there's dash cam, if there's a fatality and we see a dash cam in the vehicle or phones in the vehicle, we may do a production order to see if there's any, uh, relevant information that would assist us in the investigation because moving pictures and video, uh, they can tell a thousand words and it's objective. It's not subjective uh, as to a witness statement who may not really understand what happened. Yeah. The pictures are telling us uh, a pretty true story. Hmm. Worth a thousand words. There you go. There you go. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's nice having those. So there was a recent case in the courts. It was actually last week. Oh, we're going for a break. Okay, we'll do it when we come back. It's about a fella did a U-turn 
Yeah. Uh, and he says, no, I wasn't a U turn. <laughs> it was a three-point turn, and he actually took it to court. No, no, no. What he said, it wasn't a me turn, a U turn. Yeah. It was a U yeah. turn. It wasn't a me. Hey, policeman, hey, please don't bother me. No. I have a perfect record. It wasn't a me turn, U turn. So U-turns, you are allowed to do U-turns, except in some locations. You cannot do a U-turn upon a curve of, of, uh, of the road where you can't see more than 150 meters within 30 meters of a railway crossing, of, within 150 meters of a crest of a hill. You can do U-turns in most places, but in certain areas, you will get ticketed okay, for that. So we're going to come back and talk okay. about three-point turns or W-turns. Oh, there you go. Okay, hey, we got to pull over right now. <laughs> yeah. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. <laughs> All righty, we're in the final break. And by the way, if we don't get to your calls, we really apologize. Uh, this show's just flying along. Um, this, so this argument, this fellow took it to court. He said, I don't make a U-turn. It was a three-point turn. And the judge said, you're wrong because you changed direction. All right? And I yeah. guess that's the gist of the thing. I, I've seen videos. I'm sure you've all seen them where you have, like, horrible drivers that are doing, like, 40-point turns. And they right. just don't know how to turn around. So it doesn't matter. If your intention is to go one direction and turn around and go the opposite direction without going onto a side road or a side driveway, yes. you, that is the, that's the, the issue right there. That's exactly what the judge said. You'd have to get off the road. So if you're going to do a three-point turn, you drive in the guy's driveway, knock the kid and the bicycle down. <laughs> <laughs> and then pull back into traffic, yeah. which is a lot against the law too. Somehow, so you can do a U-turn anywhere you want, except if you, uh, except within a distance of 150 meters. So if you can't see more than 150 meters down the road, you cannot change direction. Okay, that is the rule. And I hate to bring up this question so late in the show. But a, a collision between a car and a bicycle. Yes. It's always the car's fault. You know, like the, the insurance company's going, "Whoa, settle out with the guy, get rid of yeah. him." Yeah. Why is that the thing? The, the bikes are unlicensed. They don't have insurance. Why is that? That's that's a prevalent thought. Well, I guess it's going to come down to the insurance companies determining what's going on. It's just like pedestrians. Pedestrians always have the right of way as well. So if you see a pedestrian on the highway, you've got to avoid. Even if he's walking across the highway, well, yeah, you know, it's your baby. It's uh, the pedestrian has the right of way. Although pe pedestrians are prohibited from being on any provincial highways or, or major express highways here, you could be fined for that. But again, insurance companies and and. Uh, you know, we'll look at, you know, what happened. Uh, if, if the person is running out deliberately and, and causing, causing problems, it's going to come back uh, on that pedestrian. But, again, it's, it's so hard to say. And if someone steps off the curb and you're not paying attention, you're driving the big vehicle, it's just like these vulnerable road users, a, a bicyclist, pedestrian, motorcyclist, all these riders, uh, they're vulnerable, and, and they're trying to protect and them. And, 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 and so you answered it yourself where you said these guys don't have insurance. Yeah. Well, so well they have, apparently their house insurance is supposed to cover them. Uh, okay. But those, you know, the guys with the electric bicycles, yeah. which I have figured out are mostly DWIs. Well, you're right because they, they're not a motor vehicle, so you get these guys in these electric scooters and and e-bikes that uh, don't require a driver's license. So yeah. even if you have you have a DUI and you get your license suspended, you can still drive around in these little scooter things, which uh, can be you know, a havoc. I have a question. Is it just me, or have you also noticed that most people these days do not stop? Some don't even slow down before they make a right turn at an intersection. I, I see that all the time. And you know, did they change the rules? <laughs> no, they didn't. You are still required <laughs> to come to a full stop and, and only proceed when it's safe to do so. And Nobody the thing is, does. And when you see these cars coming to these red lights, they're not looking right. No. They're looking left. So if you're a pedestrian crossing on a green and in front of this car, he's not even looking at you. So I, I 
man, you got to make eye contact. And I've often stood at intersections and I will actually slap or tap the car to make sure they know because they're looking left and I'm trying to cross with my walk signal in front of me. Man, you are you got to be so careful out there. I have to there. tell you a really crazy story. I have a friend of mine who who ran a yellow light, and the policeman that pulled him over was on a bicycle. And <laughs> <laughs> I said, to him, "Never tell anybody that you got pulled over by a bicycle. The only worst is somebody walking." <laughs> well, we got a we got a mounted unit. We got the bike patrols. We got foot patrols, and you can actually make good time on a bike compared to traffic sometimes. So, well, you know, and we're talking about autonomous cars a couple of weeks back. Yeah, the the accidents that the autonomous cars have been in have been because motorists didn't stop. The yeah. driver. Where yeah. the autonomous car said, oh, I'm in an intersection, I have to stop now. Yeah. And the guy behind him didn't. They whacked him, whacked Man, right bring him on the these autonomous vehicles. No, Let's, no, no, uh... no. Apparently people in autonomous cars get seasick. Because, oh, really? Because yeah, they're not looking at the road. They're not they're trying to read or whatever. Yeah. They're just working back and forth. <laughs> it's like when you take Uber, you know, like if you're not paying attention. Yeah, exactly. Oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> well, there'd be less distracted driving collisions. Or maybe uh, maybe now cars will have to have uh, air sick and, and motion sickness bags well, uh, as standard equipment. Well, if you pull over an autonomous car, what are you going to talk to? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They are doing t- pilot projects with autonomous vehicles in the city of Toronto right now and other places across the province. And yeah. who knows, uh, w- as these tests go out, you may see more of these vehicles. So, so if you pass a car and there's no driver, yeah, well, yeah. you're not seeing things. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I thought I only had one drink. Uh, yeah. is, is there nobody driving that car? And that's nothing we were talking about last night. We had dinner last night, and, and we were saying, if you're drinking tonight, mm-hmm. you may still be drunk tomorrow morning. Absolutely. It can take up to 12 hours for your body yeah. to eliminate the alcohol from your system. So drinking and drinking. We get just as many drunks at 6 in the morning as we do at midnight because they're drinking all night. They think they're doing the right thing by sleeping it off at their buddy's place or, or you know, crashing at their house and, mm-hmm. and, and having a nap, having a shower, having coffee. They get up, they go to work. They're still impaired, and they're all over the highway. So you know, be yeah. aware. If you're drinking that much uh, alcohol, it can take a whole day well, before you're Well, my brother will eat down the bottle of wine, but he takes the bus. So that, <laughs> but the reality is that you actually are stoned the next morning. Absolutely. And, and, and drugs as well that cause impairment. All drugs have different uh, yep. life cycles and, and how long they stay and then how they react with alcohol as well. So if you're mixing drugs and alcohol, if you're on prescription drugs or if you're feeling under the weather and you're taking some over-the-counter stuff and then you have a... Uh, a morning glass of something that can really Would send you your system if sideways. On, if you're on prescription drugs, to bring a list with you in the car. You know, if you pull, you pull the guy over. And says, "I'm sorry, I was just taking my drugs." And well, if you're taking prescription drugs, but if you're impaired, it doesn't matter. If you're impaired by any drug, you're going to be charged with impaired driving. Yeah, Tiger so, got busted for that. Yeah, so I mean, and it was all prescription drugs. That's right. It wasn't alcohol or so. Unless he's using it improperly, your doctor should prescribe restrictions or limitations on your driving if you're under these medications. So sometimes they'll say, don't drive for four hours after taking this medication. Do not operate heavy equipment. Yeah, heavy equipment. Heavy equipment yeah. It says right on the side yeah, of the bottle. That's a caterpillar tractor. I don't have one <laughs> yeah. of Heavy equipment could be your little uh, your little Yaris, your little smart car as well. So Or your electric bike. Or exactly, for sure. Good information. They're really nice of you to talk to us about everything that goes on there. Carrie Schmidt's available at any 400 series highway. You look for a big black van that says, don't stop here. Yeah, boy, we're looking for you. We're out there every day, and all our officers in blue are out there making our roads as safe as they can, but we got to work together with everyone else. Exactly. It, Pay attention. St- Put your phone down. Yes. yes. Still Star OPP? Star OPP, Star 677. Uh, you can call our dispatch, uh, 911 in case of an emergency, and, and let us know. If you see an impaired driver, distracted, or, or an aggressive driver that needs to be stopped, let us know.
we'll we'll get on it. Thank you, Alan. Thank you so much. Very much. And Terry O'Keefe as well for calling in. Yeah, Terry and Sebastian, the man behind the board. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. Drive right. safe. Thanks, everyone. Just sing a song and bring the sunny weather. Happy This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. 